Hey, this is Charles, and you're watching Think Out Loud. I am here today with the fabulous Sherelle White. We're going to talk about how to fix your credit in 2022. She's going to share with us some of her credit repair hacks, and we're going to get started right after this. Hello, our guest today is the fabulous Sherelle White. She's a mother and uh, a mother of two, a wife and a mother of two. She is the owner and CEO of Right Track Credit Life Repair, and she's also a certified credit repair specialist. And along with that, she's registered and licensed to repair credit in all states across the U.S. She has helped over 300 clients repair their credit, and she's been helping people establish better credit and better credit practices since 1996. Hello, Sherelle. Welcome to Think Out Loud. Yes. Hi, Charles. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming and having me back for part two. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a fabulous conversation uh, last time. And if you uh, are watching and you want to see what we talked about last time on how to fix your credit in 2022, just click the card right above Sherelle's head. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to watch that uh, episode. And uh, if you're on Facebook or our podcast, I will make sure that I link the uh, show's um, web page in the show notes. So let's get started, Terrell. I had a couple of questions come in uh, since we since we last talked. And just real quick, two questions. Um, I'll just give both of them to you now and you can can answer them um, in whichever order you choose. Or if you choose to answer them later in the show, that's that's great, too. One of one of the questions that came through was about consolidation, debt consolidation. And the question was, when is it good to consider debt consolidation and when is it bad to consider debt consolidation? And the second question, Sherelle, was how do you set up a graduating college student uh, if they don't already have credit? How do you establish them with good credit uh, coming right out of college? Okay, so great questions, by the way. Awesome questions. So let's talk about debt consolidation. And there are all kinds. So if we're talking about credit card debt consolidation, or student loan, they're they're very different and very different in how you would set them up and structure them. So quickly, if you're talking about debt consolidation, there are just some key things you need to keep in mind. When you consider debt consolidation for your credit cards, you have to think about whether you want that mark on your credit because creditors unfortunately don't look at debt consolidation as a positive mark on your credit what it tells creditors is that you're unable or maybe unable to keep up with the debt that you've created and so then because debt consolidation uh, doesn't particularly work in your favor uh, because you're saying that i need to put all of these various interest rates Uh, into one, and I have so much debt that I need to put it into one. And not only that, when you consider that consolidation, 
if you're working with an outside corporation, normally they take a fee, right? They take a fee because even if they're nonprofit, they take a fee. And they also work with creditors to reduce the amount that you owe a creditor. So the, the creditor is saying, okay, we're willing to settle with them for this amount as long as we can recoup. So naturally that doesn't look favorable to people who are considering you for credit because now you've had to settle a debt, right? A previous debt. And to them, that's a red flag because are they going to settle my debt? If I give them, extend credit to them, will they settle the debt, right? So, and it's a mark on your credit that that's not looked upon favorably to outside creditors. However, if you've come to a place where your credit card debt is out of control and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because uh, consider this before you consider calling an outside company consider the work you could call each one of those creditors and you can settle with them yourselves for yourself or you can create an arrangement this is the same thing we kind of talked about yesterday calling creditors and, and arranging something so you can either take each one of those credit card debts and say, hey, I'm calling each creditor and say, this is all I can pay, right, for this amount of time. So if you guys are willing to let me pay $25 a month for six months, I can come out of this credit card debt. Creditors would much rather you do that, of course, than go to an outside agency where they will settle the debt for you and group them all together so that you're paying one interest rate, right? But they're, they've lost money on you. So you can do that for yourself and put your keep yourself in a good position. This way, debt consolidation is not a mark on your credit, which will stay there, right? until you have it removed and you have to fight to have debt consolidation removed because it'll be on each one of those credit card companies consolidated settled for less than the uh, previous amount settled for less than a full balance and it'll be marked on each one of those credit that's not a good look for your credit when you can easily settle it for yourself you can call each one of those credit card companies and say to them hey look i can only pay this amount for this amount of time, they are, I keep telling all of my clients, creditors are more than willing to work with you. They would rather you pay them than to lose money and or lose a client, a yeah. right? customer. So if you can do it yourself, because it's a lot of work, but it's worth it in the end, if it's not going to one, leave a mark, to put you in a better credit situation, because remember, you're still making regular payments. Yeah on those accounts and you're making less than the payment amount that you were paying before now is it going to are you going to pay for it in the end on the back end you're going to pay a little bit more but if you use the hack that we're going to talk about next i'm going to show you how to take a high interest credit card and cut that interest in half so that it looks like you have great credit but you've just learned how to do this hack oh, right can't wait to hear that now, what I'm what I'm thinking is that if if I have two or three credit cards um, uh, and my interest rates are, you know, high, higher than idea and I'm paying a monthly payment on the fifth and a payment on the 15th and a payment on the 20th, maybe consolidating those three cards 
into one, uh, even though it looks bad on my credit report or looks um, not favorable on my credit report, it might actually give me an opportunity to have some level of success as I try and rebuild my credit. Is that um, is that when it's more favorable to do versus not? Okay, so if your concern is, it's to me, it's only favorable if your debt is out of control. Okay. So if you're if you're concerned that your payments are, I have a payment here on the Fed, like most student loans are all over the place. I have a payment here. I have a payment on the 15th. I can't remember all of these payment dates. Here's another here's another interesting thing, an amazing thing you can do. You can arrange your payment dates. You can change those payment dates. So you can call each one of those credit card companies and say, I need to switch my payment date to the 15th and put them all on the 15th. And then you can go into the, uh, the, the area where you say to them, hey, I need to lower my payment as well right now for at least six months temporarily until I get on my feet, right? These are all things that you can do outside of consolidating your debt. Again, I don't recommend consolidating, and, and because when I teach you this hack, you're gonna say, oh man, if I had thought of this, because even if you reduce your credit card payment using this hack, well, I'll cut that interest rate in half. Okay. All right, man. I can't. I can't wait to hear this hack. Yes. the The other question um, was about um, student student a, a graduate from college. How do you get them started on the right foot if they're uh, lacking good or credit period? Okay, so if you guys, this is gonna be great, right? So if you are a parent and you are saying, man, I wanna get my kids started on the right foot. They're 17, 18, going off to college. They don't have any credit. You know, I'm buying everything. Here is a hack for your kids that's gonna make, if, and if you teach them, right? If we educate, because I actually go into high schools and educate high schoolers right at the very bottom about credit and we, and they have great questions like these kids have amazing questions like they're smart they have great questions about credit and you know because what you do is you you dangle the rabbit which is you know good credit hundreds of thousands of dollars in credit and you can achieve this this can be yours you can have access to this credit but you first have to be disciplined at the bottom yeah so, if your kids are um, like 17, 18, going off to college, the best thing you can do for your kids is to make them authorized users on your great credit card accounts. If you have credit cards with great balances and great limits, place your kid. You don't have to give them a card. Don't give them a card unless you want to. Uh, some parents do supply their kids with cards that they made them authorized users on but make your kids authorized users on your good debt. That's gonna be on their credit. It's gonna be favorable for them. And even if they don't have any credit established in their name, guess what? They're an authorized user. They supposedly, the credit card, the credit, the bureaus and creditors see this as a responsible thing because they, they don't know if they have access to a card or not. All they know is they have a credit line here, $10,000 credit line. $15,000, $20,000 credit line here on their credit report. 
that is the best way to start your kids off right now you're gonna have to teach your kids you're gonna have to nail it home to them about credit education because once these kids start off with this 720 740 score and they're 18 they're gonna get hit with credit card offers from all over the place and they will not be little limits they will be high limit credit cards for kids five thousand dollars for kids that's a lot of money you know what i'm saying like two thousand dollars a thousand dollars even that's a high limit for an 18 year old right so if you don't teach them how to um to educate them on spending right and how to think about your future how to think about tomorrow right because that money is going to come due right and i'm not going to pay your credit card debt for you so I need to teach you how to pay your credit card debt so that you don't end up in a horrible situation when I've put you on a good foot. And so they'll be they'll get many, many offers from credit card companies. Uh, once they hit once somebody hits 620, 640, 650, you're going to start getting offers from all over the place. And so the best thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So just a, a, a real quick question here. When you make them an authorized user, then they get their own card with their name on it. No. no. OK. No, you have the option. OK. You always have the option to uh, give them a card and they'll ask you when you sign up an authorized user, uh, do you need a second card? And OK. You can just say no. And you don't need it. So, so what would you advise? Would you advise them to have their own card at that age so that you can help to um, categorize their spending versus your spending and get, make them a little more responsible for their spending? Or would you just say allow them to use your card? I mean, how do you do that? OK, so for kids, I would give kids a trial period, a trial run. Right. So I would say to them, OK, I'm going to give you <clears throat> this card. You have a thousand dollars or you have five hundred dollars on this card. Right. I need to see how you handle debt. And if you want, you can give them a card, your card. But don't, you know, like make them an authorized user. But don't tell them their limit. Right. Just tell them this is your limit. You have a five hundred dollar a month limit on this card. Right. So. <clears throat> make it a trial period i'm giving you three to four five six months whatever six month period is a good time frame to determine whether your kid is responsible even three months is a good time to determine whether you've they've listened to your credit education right so you give them the card you give them a time limit to use that card to determine whether they're responsible enough and if you see where they're not responsible you don't have to necessarily yank the card this is a good opportunity to teach right it's a good opportunity to teach them about uh, responsibility in a card and you can show them on the credit card balances how you've misused it or what you could do better the next time so everything is a learning opportunity at this point and stage with your kids so while you can make them an authorized user and give them a great credit history, that's a great foot up and they'll start getting their own credit card offers. If you've taught them great credit education, because a lot of times kids will get cards, but won't tell you, right? Because at 18, they can sign their own. They don't, <laughs> they don't necessarily need your signature anymore. Right. And you give them 
that leg up, that foot, that you know, that head start, uh, they'll start getting their own offers. Yeah. And so then they, they can sign up for cards. So the ideal situation is to have taught them money, right? You've shown them your credit card balances and how you pay them down. Right. And how you keep, you know, why I get to keep having this $20,000 limit card because I pay it like this. This is what I do. And so I always maintain it. And here's the crazy part. about, And this, this is how you can get them. And I tell my kids, hey, look, this is how money works. It's crazy. The more money you spend and the more money you pay back, the more money they give you to spend. So they'll right. keep giving you more and more money to spend when they see that you can give them their money back on time. So I said, just think over time, by the time you're 21, you'll have a $50,000 limit credit card and you're 21. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because you've, you've, you've um, uh, demonstrated that you understand how to manage money. I remember when I first started college, I was approached uh, by MasterCard and Visa card and Discover card. And Terrell, I've got to tell you, I applied for all three. All right. And um, so when I told my dad about it, uh, he's like, well, hey, hold on. You need to give me one of those cards. You know, so <laughs> so I gave him my Discover card. And of course, I went on to max out my MasterCard and my Visa card horribly. And was not able to pay it back. And uh, so they hit my credit report, of course, and it was two accounts, two of many accounts that I had to work through uh, years down the road. Now, my dad had my Discover card and he was using it and he took very good care of it. Uh, he ended up with like a, I don't know, $50,000 limit. And so he gave it back to me. But when Discover found out that I began using it again. Uh, they dropped that credit limit way down. <laughs> but I, ha I still have that credit card today because my dad helped me um, to build that credit card and he maintained that credit card for me. So it wasn't uh, I guess it wasn't uh, planned that way. It just so happened to uh, to work out for me that way. I remember I remember you and I talking last week and uh, I guess this probably spills right into your hacks. Uh, and by the way, if you listen to this video uh, to the end, Sherelle's going to offer you a free product from her company uh, that will allow you the upper hand um, as it regards you uh, fixing your credit in 2022. So listen to the end and um, she'll she'll give you a product free of charge. Um, so Sherelle, I remember mentioning this to you and you were like, oh, okay, that's a good idea, but here's a better way to do that. Back when I was fixing my credit, I, meant, I mentioned to you that I, I reached out to the three major credit bureaus, got my credit report, did some, um, 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 I prioritized them based on interest rate amount and time that they were on my account. I wrote some letters and, um, uh, you know, made an offer to zero out some accounts. And I requested that they send me a letter back telling me that my balance would be zero if I would send in the amount that we agreed to. And um, they did just that, you know. And when I mentioned that to you the other day, you were like, okay, that's a good idea, but here's a better idea. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, another again, that's... um. If you're concerned about your credit, right, which is what we're talking about, 
Settling debt at any point is, is not a good reflection to other creditors who want to extend you debt. So you got to be careful with that when you start talking about settling debt, because that's going to be a mark on your credit and it's not favorable and it will drop your credit. Right. So when you said that you called and settled the debt, I said, so if it was already in collections, right. So we got to be, there's some other, there's some caveats here. So if, if the debt is already in collections, it doesn't make any sense for you to be concerned about paying that debt right now because pay unless, so well, there's another little hiccup, unless it's for your job. If your job requires that you don't have any debt collection on your credit, because a lot of jobs are looking at credit reports. And so if your debt, if your job requires you to pay it, well, of course you'll have to pay that. However, that collection will sit on your credit, whether you pay it or not, it's not going to go away. And a, a collection, a paid collection is just as damaging as an unpaid collection. There's no difference in the two. One is just as damaging as the, as the other. So if you want to get to the Z, if you're getting down to the settle part, my advice to my clients when I'm telling them to about settle in debt. Now, if that debt is not in collections, right? You need to maybe try to work out a deferment or forbearance on that payment until you can start making payments. And sometimes they will give you a month or two to get it together. Or if you can't do it, if that's not a possibility and it's just too much money for you, then again, what we talked about earlier, rearrange the payment, right? Decrease the payment until you can, they'll take as little as 10 or $15 a month, right? It doesn't matter to them because they're still making interest off of you, right? So they're happy as long as you're paying them something because right. they can still make interest off of you. So I would always avoid settling a collection, like avoid that. Uh, just keep disputing it to have it removed, right? Because it's not going to do your credit any good. A paid collection sitting on your credit is just as damaging as an unpaid collection. Now, sometimes realtors as well, when you're going to buy a house, not realtors, but loan officers, like to see that debt looking as a paid, right? If that collection is there. However, this is the this is the crazy thing. You'll still get dinged for the collection, whether it's paid or unpaid. Now the realtor, the loan officer may say to you, yeah, we need to show these collections as paid before we can approve you uh, for this home, right? And you'll go pay that collection and then you'll go back and they'll run it again and underwriting will come back and say, they have this collection is, is messing up at the, everything that it's messing with the debt to income ratio is what it's messing with, right? Because it's still showing, even though you paid it off, it's still showing this is the balance. Yeah. Right? So the balance is still a part of it because it doesn't make any difference whether it's paid or unpaid. It's still a collection and it's still something that looks unfavorably for you. So I would suggest that you dispute to have it removed. Always, always, always. If a collection is there, and here's what I say, after you have it removed, see this a collection doesn't have to sit on, you don't, You can owe your creditors. And this is where your integrity and character comes in because no one enters into a credit contract with the goal of ditching it and defaulting on it. No one enters into it with that, right? So things happen, you get behind, and then you're in collections or you're charged off. 
All right. The thing is not to make a rash decision. The thing is to consider how you can get out of this. So I owe you this money. I know I owe you this money. I know I have to pay you back, but this debt doesn't have to sit on my credit while I pay you back. Right. I can get it off my credit. And then I can call you and say, this is what I can pay you. And I'm not entering into a new contract with you, but this is what I will send you monthly until I'm out of this debt. But it's not on your credit anymore. Wait. So, so what you're saying is that you can call the creditor and um, have that account, have that debt removed from your history. And that creditor will actually trust that you'll still pay that debt. So you can have you can call a credit repair specialist or you can do it yourself and remove that collection from your report. Right. Because they don't care that it's on your report or not. Right. We got to remember that Equifax, TransUnion and Experian are multi-billion dollar companies and they're not the actual company. They are just the arm of a larger corporation. Right. So it's a small credit repair credit. Those three credit bureaus are just small businesses incorporated in with a within a large corporation so they make their money by companies paying them right the companies pay them to use them to report your balances to report your account so they if credit bureaus have a stake in it right where they want to keep the account there but the creditor right can remove your account and they can stop paying that bureau right for that particular account so yes, it was it would be in your interest to call the to have it removed from your credit first, right? Work on the removal. They don't care if you have they really don't care if you have it removed from your credit or not as long as you are still paying them for the debt. Okay. So is have it removed from my credit history, then call them and say, "Hey, look, cuz they as long as you don't enter into a new contract, they can't put it back on your credit." Okay. Okay. Wow, that's a great that's great information. That is great information. So we've got about twenty minutes left to get into your your hacks. <laughs> that was so fast. I know, I know, I know. And we can always come back and do. I can see us doing several other episodes of uh, of this credit repair in twenty twenty two. I think there's a lot of information uh, that you have to kind of cram into, um, you know, uh, several hours. So feel feel free to take as much time as you need, and we'll just come back. If we don't finish it today, we'll come back next time. And I can also think of two or three other topics that I'd like to talk with you on. So uh, please do come back. <laughs> Great. Okay, so so let's um I'm going to tell you right now how you can make your credit look like you are a a, a multimillionaire and uh, All right. And, um with those high interest cards. So we talked about this briefly, Charles, you and I about paying your credit card or any revolving debt, right? So any any debt that you have on your credit that accrues interest daily right? Meaning interest bills every day. And the interest is building on top of interest every day, like a car note, like a, a mortgage, like a credit card, right? They accrue interest daily. So interest is building on top of interest every day. How do you cut that? And we talked about it briefly when we talked about, you talked about it when you mentioned the mortgage payment and how you can end up paying if you have this your credit is 
below average, you'll end up paying this much and the person with great credit will end up paying this much in interest. How you can become the person B who has a 780 credit score hmm. is you can take, if you have a $300 car note, right? And interest accrues daily on that uh, $300 car note, right? So by the end, you're still paying that $300, but the only reason it's $300 is because interest accrues daily. You're probably paying $100, $85 in interest and the little small amount will go towards the principal, right? So what you do is you take that $300 car note and you cut it in half. Now you don't pay 300 you if unless you can afford it, right? But you're but most times when people are have high interest rates, that normally means you have a low credit score. And so that means that you need some help. Take that $300 car note, cut it in half. Pay it every two weeks, right? And why would I do that? Like, yeah. what sense does that make, right? Because if you pay that car note every two weeks, you put $150 on that car note in two weeks. What you've done now, instead of paying inter accrued interest on $300, now you're only paying accrued interest on $150. Uh, you've already paid $150. You see what I'm saying? Yes. You see what I'm saying? So normally if interest accrues daily, if you wait, credit creditors aren't doing us a favor by giving us 30 days to make a payment on an account because for them, they're getting 30 days worth of interest off of us. Hmm. What the heck is that if I pay this because people think, well, how's that working? Because interest accrues daily. If you pay half of your money, on your one half of your money on payday number one, right? Now, instead of paying interest on $300, you're not paying interest on $300 anymore. You're gonna pay interest only on 150. So the interest on 150 to $300 is a lot of money. Yes. Yes. And, and so the, and so that money, then what you're doing is you're, you're taking the $300 that you would normally pay once a month. You split that in half. And the money that you would pay in interest if you only paid it once a month now goes towards the principal is what you're saying. Now will go towards the principal. Okay. Okay. So that first note is going to go directly to your interest, most likely, right? So then what happens is the more you do that, you actually start paying down the principal. Okay. So that's how you end up paying less in interest. So you end up paying less in interest because you're eating away at the principal as well. Right. So then you're reducing the amount of principal you have, thereby reducing the amount of debt. So people who have high interest cards, cars that are high interest, mortgages that are higher than normal interest. If you do this hack, you will pay thousands and thousands of dollars less in interest. And you can come off looking like someone with a 780 score when your score was only 640 or 620. Right. The hack works on every revolving account, every interest bearing account, this hack is a miracle. So twice a month versus once a month. Now, can you can you split it up even more? Can you do it three times a month? I mean, if if twice as good is three better. Listen, if you if you can work it out and you have the finances, because because most people only are paid twice a month if you're working a regular job. right? OK, so then if but if you can work it out that every week I can put 
$25. Or <laughs> I'll break it up into four, you know? <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it makes sense to, to be able to do the two because you do have to budget your, you do have to budget your money yes. for the bills. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's every two weeks. Okay. Okay. So hack number one, every two weeks, uh, pay down that revolving, um, debt. All right. What's next? All right, so don't forget that because that's number one. And okay. I want to see everybody not just come out of debt, but just imagine that you have a 18% interest on a car. And then you decide, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not about to pay uh, $10,000 in interest on this car. I'm getting ready to say, you know what? Yeah, I have an 18% credit uh, um, interest rate, but here's what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to pay you twice a month. Right. And I'm getting ready to cut this interest in half and keep my thousands of you can at least keep if you're paying on a twenty four thousand dollar car and you have ten thousand dollars in interest. If you follow this hack, you can end up um, saving in your pocket at least six to seven thousand dollars in interest. And you might as well have a 780 credit score then because you've just learned a hack to keep that money in your pocket. Wow. That's, That's major. And just think about your mortgage. If you can save that much money on a car, just imagine how much money you can save on a mortgage if you paid it twice a month. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And not coming out of your pocket with any extra money. Just the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's major. That's major. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, so I like I like to see numbers. So maybe what we'll do on one of our upcoming uh, shows is we'll show that in spreadsheet format. Yeah. Take a, a real life example and then just kind of show, show what that savings. Somewhere safe where you can see the interest on your mortgage and the numbers and how they start decreasing once you start paying more or paying yeah. it twice instead of once. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Nice. It works. That is very good information. And that's another thing. So, and I tell my clients all the time, and don't forget about this part of it. And once you start paying it every two weeks, by the end of the year, if you keep that up, normally when you pay it every month, you make 12 payments, right? Because one payment a month, you make 12 payments. However, if you pay it every two weeks, because there are 52 weeks in a year, at the end of the year, you will have made 13 full payments on that car or that house or whatever it is instead of 12. Right. So keep that in mind too. So you will have made a whole extra payment on your house, decreasing your principal and decreasing your interest. Wow. That's good information. That's good information. Now, I know that a lot of home, um, a lot of uh, mortgage lenders want to see you make at least 24 payments uh, towards your you know, if you're trying to repair your credit, they want to see at least make 24, two years worth of payments. When you split your um, your payments in half and you pay twice a month, does that count as two payments in their eyes, you think? No, because on your credit report, it will still only show one month. Okay. Right? So okay, okay for 24 months. Okay, okay. Okay, this month, okay, this, you know what I'm saying? Like it won't, it doesn't split it on your credit report. On your credit report, it will still be November, December, January, February. Are you okay all those months? Did right. You pay all those months. Nice. Okay. In your pockets is where you'll see it, where it's most important. Yes. In your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's very, very good information. That's yes. that's that's very good information. Now, 
as as it relates to um, as it relates to the um, calling these credit these uh, the creditors, um, would you advise people to call like let's just say your credit is okay, you know, or maybe you're continuing to work on it, continuing to build it, and now you do have a credit card with Visa, you do have a Master. Uh, card, you do have a uh, maybe a Discover card. Should you call them ever so many months to say, "Hey, look, I'd like to look at reducing my interest rate"? Um, I mean, do, can you find yourself in a position, perhaps, where you can use the leverage of taking that credit somewhere else, unless you get a reduction in your interest rate? So this is the, this. I'm glad you asked me that. I just had a client with that issue. So if you have a good payment history with that credit card company, right? Because it's all about your payment history. You have leverage because you're a good client, you're a good customer, you've never been late with a payment, you make your payments on time. You can always call your credit card company and negotiate, right, a better interest rate on that card. Mm -hmm. Now, what they'll try to do is offer you a new card, right, and say, okay, well, we have a card, this card with zero interest, some introductory rate, zero interest for a year, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I mean, this you can take that card, but they don't necessarily want you to close the previous card, right? And some people say, ooh, they jump at that because it's a zero interest rate card. Meanwhile, they've distracted you from the, <laughs> the main reason you called, right? So that's just be careful. But you can absolutely call your credit card company and negotiate the interest rate you are currently paying. If they don't think that's not a favorable thing for them, they don't like that. But if you are a good paying customer, I always say you have leverage if you don't if you have a great payment history. Always consider calling them and saying, hey, I need to reduce this interest rate. I've been on time with my payments for two years, a year, no late payments, nothing. I need a better interest rate. And if I can't have one, I'm going to have to take my business somewhere else. Yeah. OK. All right. Nice. Now, um, before people can really, um, I guess, benefit from uh, this information that you're sharing with us uh, in this series of videos, um, there's got to be some learning, some um, some mindset shifting involved. Like wh where would you point people towards in order to uh, get educated on what it means to really prepare yourself for this journey? This is not an overnight uh, fix, you know, repairing your credit doesn't happen overnight. I know a lot of people out there, you know, say that they can do it in 20 days, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Um, and I just, I have a hard time pushing that sort of thing onto people when I, I don't believe it's true. <laughs> um, people need to be, I think they need to be educated on how this is actually done. Like the mindset needs to be changed. Is there a place that people can go on the Internet or should they just contact your company and um, uh, start this process of maybe learning what this commitment is all about when it comes to repairing your credit? OK, so credit education does start in your mind, right? By the time people <clears throat> are interested in credit education, unfortunately, they're probably already in a bad credit situation. But it's never too late for education. And this is what I tell my clients. It's never too late to start good habits. The key is to start good habits. 
from restaurant right where you are. You don't need to have million credit cards or great credit or a lot of money to start good credit habits. And so the education starts here. It's breaking, it's breaking and disconnecting yourself from the anxiety associated with not having enough money. Because the main reason you don't have enough money is because you've created a high of debt. Like you have, you're living above your means. So the, the first thing you have to do is do what I do every month. And this is going to sound crazy, Charles. I'm going to show you if I can find my little um, budget paper here. This is every month I look at my budget. I actually keep it in the calendar too. So I don't know if you guys can see this calendar, but my, my bills are all on my calendar by date, right? So they're by date. I have dates on my, and you can see I have my scores there too. I'm always doing my own work in this house. Right, so this is my budget, it's here. Right, so I know everything I owe to everyone. And I know exactly how I'm spending my money. I know where it's going. And so then you have to get that education in your head first. You have to be your own bank. Right, and we'll talk about that too, being your own bank. Yeah. Because I have a, an incredible way for you to come out of this roller coaster of the banking system and become your own bank. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to create a budget, right? People, people think that's boring to create a budget, but you're out there spending frivolously. You, as soon as you get money in your hand, you're running away to spend it. You either run away to buy clothes, shoes, cars, whatever, right? And you, you're in your, you listen, your budget is in your head. People are running around with their budget in their head, right? Instead of on paper. So you are, you never know what you're spending. So the key is to start changing your mindset about money. I can show you how to budget. I can show you how to start a budget. I can show you how to break the bad habit of throwing your money away. Because the crazy thing is money, emotional issues are a direct reflection of how we spend our money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when we're sad, we usually spend more money on things that make us happy, mm -hmm. feel good. Yeah. So we are overspending because it's emotional, right? And people put emotional connections to, with money. So if I have some money and I haven't had money in a long time, when I get some money, the first thing I'm going to go run out there and do is find some way to spend. Right. <laughs> spend it on something because I feel it makes me feel better. Yeah. Wow. You know, good. So it's about education first, right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe we can talk a little bit uh, in some of the upcoming episodes on uh, how to create a budget and give some tools uh, as it relates to creating a budget. There's a lot of good online tools. I think one that uh, I really like is Mint.com. I've been using Mint maybe 12, 15 years now. Yeah, me as well. All of the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that um, one of the things that I noticed and I shared with everybody I come across is they're afraid to, um, you know, share that banking information with men or the credit card information with men. Um, but I haven't had a problem with uh, with using their services. It's, it's actually been uh, it's been great. You know, it's been great. And so maybe we can talk about that on an upcoming show. Yeah, and, and here's another thing about that. Mint allows you, see, this is a this is where you get into your real, the real source of what you want to accomplish in your life. 
It helps you set goals, real goals. So you say, oh, my goal is to take a vacation. My goal is to be able to take a vacation without being broke after I come back. My real goal is to buy a home. Mint and other applications like that will help you set those goals so that you're you're steadily reaching them, right? I want to buy a house in two years. Well, men will help you save that money and, and, and let you see what you're spending so that you can reach that goal, right? Set a goal and that then becomes your target. Instead of running out to go eat, then that home becomes your target. Yeah, yeah, and it keeps your bal- it keeps your budget in front of you. It it also keeps your credit score front and center too. You know, well, the one, 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 only one. So okay. As you, right? yeah, so you to know what all three of your scores are. Yeah, but they give you your transunion score. Yeah, yeah, and I just think that's a great that's a great thing. Um, at least to have some reflection of what you're what you're looking like uh, to the financial world. You know. So, look, it's um, we've got about five minutes left and I know we wanted to share the uh, the bonus giveaway, the free giveaway that you have um, for the listeners. You want to talk about that a little bit? Okay, so I'm giving I'm going to be giving away a an actual factual dispute letter. So for for people out there who say I can do this myself, um, I, I just need a good letter. This is the letter I actually use that gets the results from my clients the first time out. Okay, so if you're, if it is, this is an actual factual dispute letter. And what that means is a factual dispute letter means, I'm not just saying to creditors, this account, this account is not mine, delete it. That, you know what they'll do? They'll just put that letter on the side and it'll remain right there. However, if you say, please verify this uh, payment history, please verify this account number, please verify this payment amount, right? And you just keep hacking away at it, right? That letter, you can use it one round, second round, third round. It's, it's good for all three rounds, all right? So it's a very powerful letter. And it actually works. And there's some key things in there that one day I'll talk about all of the specific um, points of this letter and why they work. And so what they what the listeners need to do is just go to your website here, the HTTPS bit dot L.Y. Your bonus letter. That's actually just directly to the letter. Okay. Okay. Great. And so I'll put that link uh, along with your website in the show notes uh, of the video so that uh, people can just click on that link and go straight to that letter and or go straight to your website. That letter will only be available. I'm only keeping it available for 24 hours after your program airs. Okay. It'll be up. It'll be available. So get it as soon as the program is over because I'm only keeping it up 24 hours. It's just too good of a letter for if you're watching. It's only for people who are watching, basically. Mm-hmm. So 24 hours to get that letter. Okay, so 24 hours from today. Uh, please make sure you click on that letter. Go visit um, uh, Sherelle's site, uh, as well as click the uh, link to get the letter for 
for your free bonus. So, Cheryl, thank you so very much for sharing this just very valuable information. It, it's been it's been a really good show. And I'm looking forward to um, having more of these conversations with you as we help people uh, to better their credit in 2022. Any closing comments from you? Yeah, well, listen, I want you to to I would like for you to be able to come on my podcast when I get it going, uh, Coffee and Credit, uh, because we're just going to be talking to business people and people who uh, are in money. You understand? In money and talk about money issues, credit issues, money issues, life issues. Yeah. So, yeah. So you guys go to www.righttrackcreditlife.com. Uh, it's going to be there in the um in the information, uh, click that link. If you really want my help, my consultations are free. No pressure, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure at all from my consultations. Uh, we talk about your credit. I tell you what you can do to uh, to get yourself into a better credit situation. And if you want my help, then of course we're here. We're also here to help you and get you into that good credit situation. We want you to be successful. All right, Cheryl, thank you so very much for uh, being with us today on Think Out Loud. And um, like I said, we'll have some links in the uh, show notes of this video where you can link to Cheryl's website, the free bonus letter. Again, that letter is only there for 24 hours. Uh, we'll also have links that, that will lead you to other videos that we've done uh, in this series. So thanks for watching. We will see you next time.